We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Summer's slipping away, so grab hold of Amazing at California's Great America before it's too late. Buy next year's season pass and get unlimited visits this year to experience rides, shows, and attractions. That includes incredible coasters, Boomerang Bay, and an amazing Peanuts-themed kids' area. Get this special offer for as low as 11 payments of $6.50 after an initial payment. Hurry to get the best price on the most fun you can have. Buy your 2020 season pass now at cagreatamerica.com. Nathan, <laughs> does Nathan live on a boat? No, he's he's literally tethering <laughs> his dolphins. Feet. Were he's still going? I hey, I can. He hear was just talking about you. dolphins. I think he yeah. lives on a boat. Hey everybody, and welcome back to another edition of the Dynasty Tradecast. I, as always, am your host, Eric Bertzloff, better known on Twitter as at Dynasty Trades. Joined by my two co-hosts, Nathan and Dan. What's going on, guys? What's up, uh, Eric? Summer's slipping away, so grab hold of Amazing at California's Great America before it's too late. Buy next year's season pass and get unlimited visits this year to experience rides, shows, and attractions. That includes incredible coasters, Boomerang Bay, and an amazing Peanuts-themed kids' area. Get this special offer for as low as 11 payments of $6.50 after an initial payment. Hurry to get the best price on the most fun you can have. Buy your 2020 season pass now at cagreatamerica.com. Uh, very happy to be on tonight. It's going to be a fun show. Talking some free agency. I'm excited. 
Heck yeah. I haven't even done the rundown of the show or introduced the guest, but yeah, just, just snipe my move there. That's fine, Nathan. Dan, what's up, dude? It's I'm I'm actually glad to be here this week. Um last week was hurtful. My computer died and turned into a pile of goo. But we're back up and running and I'm here. Okay, well I'm I'm super duper excited to introduce our guest this week, and that is Evan Silva of Roto World. Uh at Evan Silva on Twitter. Honestly, you're you're definitely following him, so I don't know why I'm telling you that. Evan, what's going on, man? What's up, guys? It's so good to be on the show. I've listened to you guys a bunch of times uh, over the past uh, year or so, and um, it's just good to uh, get an opportunity to uh, po- do a podcast with you guys. Heck yeah! Well, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, you've, you've you've been listening since we switched to Rotoviz Red, is what I'm hearing there. <laughs> you know, that, that's, that's <laughs> cool kids do. That's it is what heck- the cool kids do. Are we allowed to gloat now on like Twitter and stuff and say, "Hey, guess what? Evan Silva listens to us. He doesn't listen to you." I bet. <laughs> I think that's well, probably how we should how we should go about doing our marketing from this point on. Uh, we'll see. I mean, it's it's pretty it's a pretty big hat to hang up there. So I, I mean, I don't know. I'm not sure that I necessarily support that, but I could I could be talked into it. It's the second coolest thing to happen to the trade cast aside from me winning the Scott Fishbowl. That's yeah. Jesus Christ, we're still going to hear about the Scott Fishbowl. Uh, okay, you got like 360 days left. Uh, out of th- it. Yeah, this this entire off season until the next one starts is going to actually. Then you're going to bring it up even more. So okay, oh, yeah. we're just we're just kicking in to telling the listeners about Rotoviz. So uh, make sure that I want to let everybody know you can get a listeners only 30 percent discount to Rotoviz NFL Pass through the NFL Podcast homepage on Rotoviz. That's Rotoviz.com. Slash podcast your subscription gives you unlimited access to all of our NFL content and also helps support the pod. So you can contact us via email that's rotovizradio at gmail.com or on Twitter at rotovizradio to get the 30% discount. So, uh, real quick, I'll just give a quick rundown of the show and then we'll go ahead and start diving into it since we have a ton of content um, and really looking forward to having Evan on here. Uh, so, we are going to talk uh, a couple big name free agents and talk whether or not we think they're going to be tagged or not. Uh, and then we're going to dive into more the generic grab bag of, uh, of free agents and talk about kind of values, landing spots, things of that nature, whether or not they're going to stay. Um, and then if we have time, we'll dive into a dynasty trades tender full disclosure at the top of the show. I have no idea if we're going to have time to do that. Cause I mean, I, I anticipate a lot of really good content in the front end. So uh, without further ado, I'll kick to Nathan to chat uh, tag or not. All right. Yeah. Um, always it's important to decipher, you know, when you look at a free agent class, you can always say, all right, this guy's going to be tagged, this guy's going to be tagged. And then all of a sudden it's a weak class. I think that this class is, is top heavy enough to where there's going to be some guys tagged, but there's also a lot of depth involved to where there's guys that are going to be fantasy assets that are going to be either moving teams or staying with the same team and signing extensions. There's just some interesting action that'll be going on, but we'll stick with the big names first and we'll kick over to Evan. Uh, start with maybe the most obvious one of the group, Drew Brees, um, tag or no tag? And even if he isn't tagged, do you, do you see him possibly leaving New Orleans or is he pretty much stuck with the Saints? The Saints? You know, Drew, Drew Brees could really be marketing himself right now, and he has chosen not to. Uh, I do not think that he's going to make it to the market. I think that they are going to agree upon a probably multi-year deal um, uh, to, to bring him back, he's 39, but he just led the NFL in yards per attempt and completion rate. Uh, he's still playing at a very high level. I know he wasn't as good as usual in fantasy, but that was a product of, you know, things around him. He was still a QB1. He was the, the quarterback 11 overall, and he um, lit up the Panthers in the uh, uh, wild card round. So he, he still got it. 
uh, for sure in fantasy in real life. And it seems like he's very much committed to returning to New Orleans. So I think that they agree on like a two, maybe like a two year deal with a third year option. Yeah, yeah that I'll would make sense. Oh, good. No, I was just going to say, I'll hop in and say, I, I'm, I'm completely on board there. I think, I think Breeze wants to finish it out there. Um, and, I don't see, and I, and I think it's pretty obvious he's still got it as well. So, just from a dynasty spin side of things, just if he does stay in New Orleans, I think he does stay valuable for at least the next two years or whatever the contract that he signs is. So, um, in traditional dynasty fashion, people hate on him because he's thirty nine, but he's still winning people leagues. Even this year, he was he was a QB one, as Evan said, but he was. I mean, it was it was a down year for him, but it was still a highly productive year from from just. It was a highly stuff. efficient year. It was a highly efficient. Okay. Efficient. Yeah. Well, and highly productive, but I I still thought it was funny how, you know, announcers late in the season were saying, Oh, he's, he started to lose something off his deep ball. Like all his deep ball metrics are like, you know, right up there with any quarterback in the leagues, you know, they just, it's almost like they're trying to push a narrative. Anytime that a a deep downfield throw would appear to be a little bit underthrown, Oh, Drew Brees, he's, he's lost something off his fastball, but you know, that they're just using those specific plays to support their, their argument, you know, against Drew Brees' arm strength. When, if they actually looked at all the throws in combination, uh, Drew Brees was one of the best deep ball passers in the NFL as usual. Uh, I was just going to say, I mean, he's, he, along with Brady are your ultimate win now guys in, in dynasty. Uh, obviously you're not going to be paying high end QB one prices for them because we love to value them. right now. They're, I mean, their, their price tag is going to I mean Brady right now is hot. Cause he's, he carried people to more victories, but I think Breeze's price tag is more deflated. Right. They're both, they're both totally deflated. I mean, you can, you can go out and get them for, you know, mid QB two high QB two type prices. And that's how you're going to go win your league. You're not, you know, it, it's nice having those youth assets and, and having obviously your Carson Wentz's and, you know, even guys like Mariota and Jameis Winston carry a lot of, of value in dynasty leagues, but we see kind of what happens with that youth and, and, you know, maybe they're not living up to all of that hype and they're not putting up the big numbers that we hope to see, even though they're so young, you know, I could have him on my dynasty squad for 10 years QB position in dynasty is is really should be the win now position if we're if we're looking at it from that perspective. So I think guys like Breeze and Brady are ones to really go out and and try to get if you're planning on um, contending this coming season or even for the next couple of seasons because I think they both still have a couple years in the tank. I know we're talking about Breeze here, but um, from a dynasty perspective, those guys are the ultimate win now guys. Yeah, and the off season is the time to do that while everybody's got. Uh, stars in their eyes over the draft pick. So let's move on to probably the uh, most anticipated free agent. If that's, if that ends up being the case, which spoiler alert, I think is the case. Uh, And that's Kirk cousins. Um, He could be tagged. What a third time here for like 30 something million dollars. I'll I'll go ahead and kick to Evan again, Evan, any thoughts on cousins and, and any potential landing spots, if you kind of agree with me and he's not going back to the skins. I don't think that he's going to be tagged. I know the skins like put that out. The the skins like try to manipulate, you know, their, their fan base and they've done so effectively for decades under Dan Snyder. Um, and I know that they put that out that they can maybe get something in return for Kirk cousins. You know, you, you listen to like, and you know, business analysts and, 
um, you know, people who have worked in NFL front offices that are like, that's, that's not going to happen. You know, that, that's not going to happen. You know, you listen to Michael Lombardi, you listen to Andrew Brandt. So I would trust their uh, opinion, uh, Joel Corey, uh, who, who's an excellent analyst on, on Twitter and for CBS. Um, you know, they don't think it's realistic. Uh, so I think he's definitely going to hit the market. I hope he goes to the Vikings because I think that, you know, getting him playing indoors, getting him playing with an ascending young talent base that is all signed long-term and Kyle Rudolph, Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen, um, you know, and maybe they can still get something, you know, out of Laquan Treadwell or, or whatever, uh, you know, and Dalvin Cook re- returning from his injury, like that offense has a really explosive potential. And I think that Kirk Cousins would be the perfect fit to just drop right into that offense. Uh, so selfishly, that's what I want to see happen. No, I'm not a Vikings fan or anything, but I think that that would be like the perfect marriage, Kirk Cousins to the Vikings. So that's what I'm like pulling for. I, I like that a lot. I think Dan does too, since he's in Minnesota right now. So. I am in Minnesota. I'm not a true Vikings fan, Vikings supporter. You were this year, I bet. Um, it was fun to watch him this year. It definitely was. And and I totally agree with Evan. I think that makes the most sense for both Kirk and honestly, the Vikings. You know, we, we love these, you know, the Keenum story and, and a lot of Minnesotans were on board with Teddy and we got to see Sam last year, Bradford throw for, you know, the, those high high um, percentage numbers, and then we see Breeze break that record this year. So that was that was kind of fun and short lived. But um, I, I really think that they go outside the box here. Um, they just brought in the new offensive coordinator, um, and and Kirk. You know, he's not he's not your Drew Breeze types. You know, he's not that big game guy, but he's also not going to lose you a game. Um, and I think that's what's important for that. And is um, and then going back into dynasty value, I think if he goes to the Vikings, you're talking definitely low end QB one just because of the assets around him. Oh, I and, think he goes higher end QB one. I mean, I think he's mid QB one in that situation. I, it's starting I don't to get dense up there, though. It, it's it, you know the yeah. you, when you mix the youth with the already elite, it's, and it's you want Mari- Mariota or Cousins in that situation. I would still prefer Mariota just because of the ground game, but uh, you know from a pure passing perspective, Kirk would have the advantage there, but. You know, the, that ground game is a huge up, you know, upswing for, for dynasty value with Mariota. The problem with him is he can't stay healthy, and Kirk hasn't missed a game in three seasons. So that's one more thing to put on, that, you know, on his dynasty belt to, to add some value. So I think we're definitely talking about a, a mid to late QB1 for sure if he ends up in Minnesota. I just don't want him to end up with the Jets or the Browns. I want him to end yeah. up with Minnesota. I could deal with Denver. I think Denver would be okay. Yeah. Uh, but I think that the Vikings are, are the absolute best case scenario. I, I, I really just hope it happens. But he'll, he'll have his pick of the litter too. I mean, I don't think he wants to go play for the Jets or the Browns. And, and, and a few years ago, someone – it might have been someone for Pro Football Focus. Someone did like a study showing that – um, teams were more likely to sign free agents that had played well against their team in the previous year. And uh, Kirk Cousins <laughs> actually has played the Vikings in each of the past two years, and he lit them up. You know, this is Mike Zimmer's Roasted. defense. He lit them up in both games. Uh, I think one was a win for the Redskins. One was a win for the, the Vikings. But, like, the Redskins put up a lot of points against the Vikings, you know, and who, of course, have a great defense. So um, just I, I just thought that was interesting. 
just to wrap up on Cousins, I think that one thing to maybe look out for, just from a fantasy perspective, I think that his quarterback numbers have been lifted a little bit just from a passing volume perspective because Washington really hasn't had much of a run game in the last few seasons. Part of that's because Cousins has, has had success throwing the ball, but the other part of it is their running backs have been terrible. So I, I think that if he were to go to a Minnesota-type team, his, his passing volume would certainly go down because, A, they play great defense, and, B, they have Dalvin Cook. So, I mean, maybe that would hurt him slightly from a fantasy perspective, but – the weapons of Thielen and Diggs kind of offset that. Um, like he could throw a lot of touchdown passes. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. And so I guess we're stuck on the Vikings. So we'll wrap up with uh, Keenum at the quarterback position. And so if we think that Cousins might be considering Minnesota, do we think that uh franchise tag is not in the cards for Keenum or is he more of just a last resort if Cousins doesn't consider them, Evan? Yeah, I think he's, he's a last resort. Um, I think that they know, I mean, he's, you know, he, he's clearly like one of the best backup quarterbacks in the league and maybe like a, you know, a top 25 starter maybe. Uh, but I think that they know who he is. I, you know, Jason LeCanfora of uh, CBS Sports recently predicted that the Vikings would place the transition tag on Case Keenum. Um, man, I don't think they're going to do the franchise tag. Maybe they'll do the transition tag, but I think it's either that. I think it's either transition tag or he just hits the open market. I think he hits the open market. I think so too. I, I think with with how well he played this year and 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 how good they had him going in the system, I, I think he may have ended up playing himself out of Minnesota because maybe they do use that transition tag. But if they're looking to just solely resign him. And I'm no expert on this, but I feel like he, he's going to be wanting too much money for what they see him as, if that makes any sense. I just think he probably played himself out of Minnesota because of what their true needs are. Yeah. And I think he'll go, he'll go hunt money and, and try to find a starting job somewhere else. And um, I mean, if you, if you had your crystal ball and uh, and Swami hat on there, Evan, I mean, is Keenum, who, who does Keenum, does Keenum end up as a starter next year or maybe, for a team that drafted a rookie quarterback when they didn't have anything else kind of to push that guy, I guess, where do you, where do you see if you had to guess where Keenum ends up going into next year, where would you kind of just throw a dart at? Probably Minnesota because they just right now have the best odds, you know, of, of any team among the 32. I mean, who really is going to give a big contract to case Keenum at the same time? Like what kind of leverage does he have? You know, that's why they shouldn't have to transition tag him. Um, and I mean, unless they just feel good about their cap space, they do, they are like top 10 in cap space. So they have some money to burn. Um, and if they just feel like, Hey, no one's going to come offer him a big deal anyways, we'll pay him this, you know, this transition tag number and bring him back. It just still seems like a lot of money for case Keenum. Totally. Right. All right. The last two players on this list of guys who I think could possibly be franchise tagged, it would be Le'Veon Bell for the second time, and it would be Allen Robinson for the first time as he enters his uh, fifth season in Jacksonville. Um, Evan, do you see either of these guys being franchise tagged, or and and or do you see either of them leaving their current teams? Franchise tag for um... B- Bell or A. Rob? Yeah, for Le'Veon for sure, and then. I would say like 60% for Allen Robinson. I, I think, um, I think Marquise Lee could definitely leave. Uh, I think they might cut Allen Hearns. I think they love Keelan Cole and they should. Um, and I think that they love DD Westbrook and they should. And I think that 
Allen Robinson, D.D. Westbrook, and Keelan Cole would be an excellent top three, and they can save money by cutting Allen Hearns. I'm going to go with prediction that Allen Robinson does get tagged. I don't feel confident in it, but I would say like 55 to 60%. So what do we think the odds of them sticking with the Bortles? You know, right after the season, it was, hey, this is our guy. Um, and now that some of these other guys are going to hit the market, and whether that's Kirk, obviously we feel like maybe Minnesota is his best spot and maybe a place like Denver might make more sense. But do we think Jacksonville makes a push or is Blake honestly going to be their guy? And, and And if that happens, then... Now we probably have to look back at moving Robinson down the ranks a little bit, even though he is the garbage time king with Bortles. Um, it's kind of a messy situation. See, I'm not sure. I'm not sure that Bortles really hurts A Rob's value all that much. I mean, the the inaccuracies hurt a bit, but I mean, he he produces and and I mean, I guess if there's no garbage time to be had, if they're a competitive team, maybe that does hurt. But and that's the I mean, issue. That's the, the thing issue. is, I, I I really think Jacksonville has to be in the back of their head kind of cursing the QB success this year, because I think they had plans of moving on from him this year, but uh, you know, it's, that's, that's purely speculation, but it, it, it does seem like they've got to acknowledge that there's another, there's gotta be another answer out there for them. If they're, if they're going to be competitive for a long time. Yeah. My answer for Bortles pretty much since the season has ended has been, I think they let him play out the contract year and I think they invest a, a late first, you know, maybe mid second round pick and a guy like Lamar Jackson or Luke Falk or someone else in this quarterback class, just because they need someone to push Bortles. And basically if Bortles turns into Bortles and isn't, you know, winning games throughout the season, they need a second option to go to. that isn't Chad Henney. He doesn't need to win the games. He just needs to not lose them. That's the issue. <laughs> well, you guys know that, uh, his you know fifth year option, which he would be under contract for in 2018, is guaranteed for injury only, and he needs surgery on his throwing wrist. Yeah, so this is the major complicating factor, and I don't think that after undergoing surgery on his throwing wrist, he's going to be able to pass a physical by the date that he needs to in March. You know, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So I th- I think he ends up back in Jacksonville and I don't think they're gonna be able to go spend the money on Kirk Cousins. They do. They do still have a lot of cap room, I, I believe. Um, so they theoretically could carry both. But, you know, some teams are just against they have like put like, you know, limits on each position, how much they can spend on each position. Could they justify 19 for Blake Bortles? or whatever it is, or 16 or whatever it is, and, you know, plus 25 for Kirk Cousins in, in year one. I don't know. I guess, Evan, I'll, I'll follow up on a question with you. Um, I mean, do you see – I mean, kind of what I was saying, do you see Jacksonville going back to the well, and or do you see the fifth year being the year that they're done with him? Um, or, do you, or do you see them trying to shape, you know – uh, shape a start, a long time starting quarterback out of this piece of clay at the moment. I think they will treat him exactly like they treated him last year and they will try to win the exact same way that they did last year, you know, by using him as like a game manager who, you know, every time that they throw, they have to do some sort of like play fake. You know, they, it has to be a play action pass. It has to be an RPO. It has to be, you know, some some sort of like, you know, sort of outside the box uh, way, way of playing. And like coaches love structure. You know, they're all about like we, we, we have to win from structure. Uh, so and uh, another way that he would win would be by like 
like running the football. I mean, he was like a big part of their running game. Yeah, he was. Um, so I, I, I would, I would definitely say that I think that this is going to be his last year with the Jaguars. If he even gets to this year, I mean, yeah. look, if he's able to pass the physical in March or whatever, maybe they'll cut him. Uh, but I, right now I think that he'll be back. Uh, and uh, I, I think that they probably won't go sign Kirk cousins and maybe they'll take like a second or third round quarterback. I don't know. Maybe they'll take a first round quarterback. All right, let's move on to another player that I think has a wide range of opinions from Twitter, nice Twitter, all, all, the, all the Twitters that you can think of. Carlos Hyde, some people think that he has the perfect spot in San Francisco in the Kyle Shanahan offense. Some people think he needs to move to get his fantasy relevance. You know, there's a wide range of opinions. What is your opinion on Hyde? Do you think he's a good football player, and do you think he stays in San Francisco? I do think he's a good football player. Um, and he's a guy that I w- I had like more skepticism on like uh, after the early few years of his career. Uh, but I, I think he is a good player. I think he's a tackle breaker as a runner. I think that he's not very good in the passing game, but he can play in the passing game and maybe he could still get better in the passing game. I mean, he, he has been really inefficient in the passing game um, so far, but uh, I think that he, can play there. And I think that he can be an every down back for an offense. And he showed the ability to at least stay healthy this past season. I don't think he's going to be back with San Francisco because they told us from day one that he might not be a fit for their, their system. And then he had uh, career worst efficiencies as a, as a rusher and as a receiver this past year. So I don't know. I mean, it, it'll depend on, you know, how the market feels about him. Uh, I would guess that still going back to the 49ers is probably his likeliest destination, but that's just because there are no other strong destinations that we really know of. All right, we'll kick to Dan. Dan, what rookie pick are you getting up for Carlos Hyde today? I still think he's in that mid, that, that like one, that that teardrop is kind of where I I see him. Um, you know, we, we've been talking about like the first six, seven, maybe eight picks of guys, you know, through dynasty Twitter with that, that kind of always seem to fall in those same picks. And then after that, it's an absolute crapshoot. So I think that one Oh six, one Oh seven, one Oh eight range is kind of where I'm at. I do like Hyde. I just don't love the uncertainties that come with it. I agree with Evan. I think he has shown that he can definitely be an every down guy. Um, but again, like Evan alluded to, they from day one, I mean, there's people punching tables and, and you know, like I believe it was ba- I believe it was banging the table, by the way. I like to exactly. give me said. Joe Williams and and, and then didn't even get to see him. <laughs> Evan, so, did you write that blurb? <laughs> uh yes, I did. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I, I didn't. I didn't want to plagiarize. Um, <laughs> just change it slightly is what he's your slightly, first. just slightly. And then it's mine. Um, the next guy on this list that we have is actually somebody I like to go to San Francisco, but uh, I do think that they bring someone in that that Shanahan truly likes, and I, I think they maybe spend too early of an of a pick. I'm not talking about like a first, and maybe even a second, but probably something like a third. Um, and I'd hate to see it, but I, I don't want Carlos Hyde to go, but I, I think he might, even though, like we just talked about, that there really isn't any clear landing spots for running backs considering the class and considering the free agent depth. 
and that becomes the question I think for his for his dynasty value in talking about Hyde's value is if he's not first off if he's back I think his dynasty value is in limbo on its own. I realize Shanahan's great, but he wasn't exactly amazing this year. Um, so I think that that's where I don't think there's a situation where his dynasty value doesn't get hurt. Um, and then you know obviously if he goes to a team that's just a terrible fit for him, if somehow I don't know and it's not going to happen. This is just my my terrible scenario of the Browns. If he fills in the Isaiah Crowell shoes, that's not going to be, that's going to just tank his dynasty value. So um, yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, the, the valuation I see right now for Hyde is, is dropping this off season though. Yeah. I think that obviously it's very situation dependent, but I, I do think that the Kyle Shanahan aura of, Oh, he's Kyle Shanahan. He can turn water into gold. I think that just a re-signing will, will help um, Hyde if he ends up going back to San Francisco. That and the fact that I think part of, part of the um, water into gold, Nathan. (laughs) Anyways, but I think that part of the reason why I didn't like Hyde for the last few years is because he's been in an offense that's been so terrible that it hasn't been productive for a running back. But now with Jimmy Garoppolo, it turns a terrible offense into one of the most efficient offenses in the NFL. So um, that pretty much wraps it up on Hyde. I think that we'll have a lot of takes come out when he ends up signing. Um, Evan, we'll go with these next three names on our list, and I'll let you pick uh, your favorite of the three. Jarek McKinnon, Deion Lewis, Rex Burkhead. Which one of these three do you see on your fantasy teams in 2018? Uh, yeah, all three are free agents. I mean, definitely Rex Burkhead, you know, because he's he's he's, 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 <laughs> he's a stupid question. You know yeah, what the hell was it? <laughs> That. It was disrespectful. Like? Is what it was. It was disrespectful. <laughs> I was just, I was teeing, I was teeing you up, Evan. I, uh, you've never changed your Abby before, and then, and then you made it Rex Burkhead. So. Um, <laughs> no, uh, man, I don't know. I have no idea. I mean, I have no idea how to answer that question. It depends on where these guys land. Deion Lewis, I don't think he's going to be back with the Patriots. We'll see. I think he could. I don't think the Patriots are going to give him $5 million and that's what he wants. He wants five to $6 million on per year on a three-year deal, which is reasonable, very reasonable to ask for in his position. I don't think the Patriots are going to pay that. Um, and then, and he wants like 10 to $12 million guaranteed. Like Patriots are going to be like, no way, no way. They use him like every you know. third game. Like they didn't even, like, I don't think he touched the ball in the Super Bowl, right? That was what the heck were they doing? I, hey, I Belichick got out coached bad, man. They they got they got smoked. They got smoked. Um so hey, if Deion Lewis goes to the Lions, I don't if Deion Lewis goes back to the Patriots, him. You, you know, I think. Yeah. Um if Deion Lewis doesn't go back to the Patriots and Rex Burkhead does, Rex Burkhead, I think Gillisley could get could get cut still. Uh, he costs over two million dollars. They can save all that by cutting him. Uh, and then uh, who, who's the other guy? Uh, Jarek McKinnon. Oh yeah, Jarek McKinnon. Oh well, man. I mean, I think he's he's going to get a, a decent deal. I think. I think teams are going to be intrigued by him. You know, teams every year look at athleticism more and more. And he was he. I mean, he's not a great like inside runner. He was still under four yards per carry uh, last year, but he's very good in the passing. And I just, I think a team is going to be like, look at what they did in new Orleans with Alvin Kamara. And Jarek McKinnon is like a poor man's Alvin Kamara, but he can like be utilized very effectively. I think in that role. 
we talked about it before. We, we've talked about it before or i maybe it was just me because I, i've always been a Jarek mckinnon guy but this year he showed me more than he ever has um we saw him finishing finishing runs we we saw him out on the you know out on the edges pass blocking and those were some things that we hated from him previously and you know the one year when he got like the starters work if you want to call it that when he was absolutely horrible with that offensive line that was practice squad guys um, I don't think we can even really count that. But this year, we saw him as the guy that I think he truly is, and I think he's developed into. And And I mentioned it when we were talking about Carlos Hyde. I would love to see him go and be that Tevin Coleman-type guy in Shanahan's offense. Uh, and maybe they go and, and figure out a way to find a Devonta Freeman. Obviously, that's two really big asks, but I think Jarek McKinnon can fit into that offense nicely. And McKinnon is really athletic, and he's still young. He's only 25. He'll be right. 26 later this offseason. But, you know, and he's also a guy who's only played running back for so many years. He played quarterback a bunch at Georgia Southern, yep. uh, I believe. So he his arrow is still pointing up, man. I, he And he's gotten better every year. Or I mean, he had some injuries in, right. you know, in the middle there. But, you know, he's a great athlete, man. He, he's going to find a way to stick around. He's a He's an incredible story. I mean, you know, th- for a time there, there was like a, I feel like there was a sect of the community that was like against Jarek McKinnon, but he's like a great story. You know, there was a sect that was against like Jeff Janis, but he's like a great story. I feel like he's, these are guys to root for, you know. Yeah, the, they, the heavy metrics guys here are just, they just could blow the doors off of any, any given play. Um, yeah, right. A little engine that could. Well, yeah, that's, right. yeah, and I, th- I think, I think, Dynasty owners in general, I think, are still a little burned from when they went all in on McKinnon. Uh, when AP went down, everybody was like, this is the time. It's McKinnon time. And then it just really didn't show up. But, I mean, as, as you said, Evan, he's gotten better every year. And and this is – if he continues on the track that he's on, I mean, he he, he could turn into a little mini Alvin Kamara. Um, or maybe not a mini one, but a, a slightly less fantasy productive Alvin Kamara. Um, so no, I think that's, I think that's interesting. And, and you said actually Dion Lewis to the, to the lions. Is that, is that rumored Evan? Is that, because that's an interesting spot for him. That's a, a fill in for the way they like to do things. I think it's just the new England connection to Detroit. You, you know, Ben Volin yeah. of the Boston globe mentioned it today. Uh, Bob Quinn, the lions GM comes from new England and, you know, obviously the new head coach, Matt Patricia comes from new England. Yeah. So. And Matt Patricia is bringing, I think, a few assistants from uh, from New England with him. So I think it's just that that connection. By the way, Jim Bob Cooter got a bunch more like power uh, this offseason. This hasn't been talked about, but like for the you know the the, the coaching advocates, Jim Bob Cooter is going to have a lot more power this year because he used to be an OC under underneath an offensive minded head coach in Jim Caldwell. Now he is the OC and he's going to, he's going to control the offense because Matt Patricia is going to deal with the defense. So if you believe in that, you know, I mean, Stafford has played well under Jim Bob Cooter, by the way, I mean, consistently now for three years and he's kind of changed who he is as a quarterback. He's much more structured. Now he used to be like a street ball quarterback and he's much more within structure. And now he's like learning to trust all his reads. I mean, they use a bunch of dudes now in the passing game. It used to be just all like Megatron uh, and then Golden Tate came along. But now it's like they use Marvin Jones. They use Golden Tate. They use Theo Riddick. They use Eric Ebron on and off. Uh, but he drops I mean, they, the ball. 
Right, right. He was <laughs> awesome in the fantasy playoffs, though, man. Hey, don't hate. Don't hate. He's turning <laughs> 25 this year. 100%. I'm not, I'm not hating. It's, he's, just, he's just frustrated me on all my teams watching him drop footballs in the end zone. It's been just killer. Uh, okay, let's pivot a little bit, uh, and let's talk about two of the wide receivers I think are that are some of the more interesting ones in my eyes, and that's Jarvis Landry and Sammy Watkins, two guys that I think have relatively uncertain futures as far as where they're going to be going and what, whether or not they're going to be signed this from their current teams, Dolphins and, and Rams, so to speak. So um, I guess I'll just throw back to Evan because he's dropping awesome knowledge bombs it's on the pot. Yes, smart of course. Move. Yeah, Dan's just going to say they're good at football, and then I'm going to be like, cool, and now we, what does Evan think? We know how I feel about Jarvis Landry. You calm down. <laughs> uh, so, Evan, Evan, I guess give us your thoughts on Landry, Sammy, and then like it, thoughts on if you think they're leaving uh, landing spots for him. Um, Sammy's interesting, you know, Alden Gonzalez of, uh, the, the, the Rams, uh, beat writer for ESPN mentioned that he thought that, uh, the Rams would franchise tag Sammy Watkins. Now the Rams are not in great salary cap condition, uh, and they have to pay Aaron Donald still. So I don't know how it's going to, the, uh, wide receiver franchise tag is supposed to be be between like 14 and 16 million dollars that's a lot of money man that's a lot of money for a dude who caught 39 passes in 16 games last year now he was put in a very adverse circumstance coming to the rams in on august 11th you know that's one month before the season begins and robert woods had since he was signed in free agency back in march and cooper cup had since you know since april the, the draft in in late april slash early may you know, and those guys obviously had developed chemistry with Jared Goff. Um, and Sammy Watkins played a role where, you know, he was getting open consistently, but Jared Goff wouldn't throw him the rock. Uh, so, and I mean, they just never developed that rapport. I, I would love to, to see Sammy Watkins go to a situation where he can be like the clear number one. And you don't know if you're getting that with the Rams, but the arrow is, is going to start pointing up. I think on Sammy Watkins, if he goes back to the Rams, I think that that's going to be a, probably a pretty good offense for uh, quite a while. It's like a clear number one, like the bills. <laughs> hey man, I don't know why they, you know, I know they, I'm, I'm, I'm they, they were it. sabotaging Tyrod is what they were doing. I under sabotaging Tyrod heart as a Virginia tech fan. And I know he was my college quarterback. I, brutal. You trade away the player in the NFL who is the exact type of wide receiver that suits your quarterback. And you go with Anquan Bolden, who then retired <laughs> Jordan yep. Matthews and Zay Jones guys that can't separate. Oh, and then you trade for Kelvin Benjamin <laughs> who has the least separation yards at target uh, in the NFL per next gen stats. I mean, you are sabotaging your quarterback. Absolutely brutal. Absolutely oh, man. brutal. Okay, so then Landry, what are your what are your thoughts there? I mean, I guess we I can toss around real quick. Nathan, Dan, I guess thoughts on Sammy. I know that we've talked about him kind of at nauseum on the on the pod previously, but uh, now that this moment is upon us, any thoughts on Sammy before we get a little bit more into Landry? 
All right, I'll wrap up with Sammy Watkins by saying uh, I think that there's a chance they let him walk simply because the offense was so good with him having such a low target share. They might see, you know, paying him whatever amount he's looking for money, you know, as maybe unnecessary because they have Robert Woods and they have uh, a couple of tight ends or whatever, Tyler Higby. You know, I'm not saying that any of those guys replace Sammy Watkins or, or do what he does, but that offense was so good with a low target share that they might not see the money necessary. And we'll pivot to Jarvis Landry by saying, I think that what he gets on the open market is going to be crucial to how I value him as a dynasty asset because what players get in draft capital and trade capital and as well as what they get in free agency are all ways of the NFL showing us, all right, this is how this player should be valued. And I think that it's a bit different um, with Landry because he was kind of shopped on the open market. And obviously some of this is just, you know, reports that were heard throughout the season, but Landry was shopped and he never, he didn't get moved and it didn't seem like any team NFL teams were desperate to give up a pick for him in the middle of the season. So I think it's a negative sign for, you know, his possibility of him getting paid a large amount this off season. So I'm not buying in as much quite as, as Dan is because I'm waiting on what his salary cap number will be. All right. Well, let's start with the guy behind many of those rumors, or at least sharing those rumors with the general public. And Evan, I guess, what are your what are your thoughts on that uh, as far as Landry goes? Yeah, I think in all likelihood he goes to a team, and I, I mean, Nathan could not have put it any better. He was shopped all, all last off season. That this was via multiple uh, really solid uh, reporters. Um, he was shopped all last season. Uh, the, I think the dolphins were looking for a first round pick and I think they were offered a second or third at some point, a second day pick, but that's how NFL teams value Jarvis Landry. He's not going to get, you know, highest wide receiver paid in the NFL. I mean, he's got good box score, you know, reception numbers. Um, but teams know that he has limitations, uh, and he's a slot receiver and he's a very good slot receiver, I think. You know, he he's hurt the Patriots every single time they've played. By the way, I mean they don't they don't slow down Jarvis Landry. Um, but he also, uh, and I've talked to uh, at least one NFL executive about this, uh, and he he talked about uh, he used to be uh, the the an NFL executive for a team that had Danny Amendola. Uh, earlier in his career and like these slot receivers that are just target hogs sometimes like the the quarterback will just lock on to these guys and will never really like spread their wings and you know it just can be like bad chemistry for the quarterback the quarterback ends up you know settling for a lot of checkdowns um or you know that that's you know the the preference of the quarterback and Jarvis Landry he, hey he's he's a ball hog man like he's that's who he always has been and it, you know it's he it, it it's just it's a, a weird conundrum because he's a really good football player but he's almost limiting to your offense well where where's the fit then Evan I mean there's not that many teams where somebody like I mean the Patriots who you, who you talked about getting burned by him makes sense but they still have Edelman on their roster so I mean is there is there a team in your eyes that makes sense to keep a guy like that fantasy relevant that's the thing yeah the <laughs> no no seriously like and with Tannehill because Tannehill will 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 dish it to Jarvis Landry all day and I, I think that 
it's still very much in play that he returns to Miami. It seems like right now he's not going to return to Miami, but if they are willing to pay, like if he goes out and hits the free agent market and no one even wants to give him $10 million a year, which is in play, that scenario is in play. Sure. He could maybe return to the dolphins for 9 million a year, you you know, for the next four years and then try to hit free agency again when he's age 30, You, you know, and that's, that is very much in play as a scenario that could play out for Jarvis Landry. And that probably really is, his best case scenario fantasy landing spot. I think that the the Dolphins need to need, need to to get the ball to Kenny Stills and Devontae Parker more though, because those guys are big time playmakers. I know that Devontae Parker was has been disappointing relatively, but I, I think that he's he's definitely got it. His his playing ability I don't think is in doubt. And Kenny Stills has been one of the most underrated receivers of the last like decade, I think. He's been incredible. He, and and even the way they used him as sparingly as it has been you know, with his hundred or so targets, whatever he's been getting, it's he's impressive. Um, he he makes it he makes it look easy. Um, and you know, back to to Jarvis, you know, we he is limited as a, as a wide receiver, uh, but he is one of the great you know slot guys. Um, it sucks that he has to get kind of pigeonholed by the Dolphins in that way that he is kind of locked in on whether it was Cutler or Tannehill for his first couple of years. Um, but do, do we think any of the Chicago speculation is, is in play or is that just kind of, just kind of garbage? I think it's very in play. I think it's very in play and, you know, Ryan Pace, the, the bears GM can like justify it to himself. Like we just need production at the wide receiver position because they haven't gotten any production. You know, I think that Kendall Wright had a pretty solid season, all things considered, for them this past year. I think he was pretty efficient um, with, with his opportunities. Uh, and I think that, you know, that kind of complicates it because Jarvis Landry is a slot-only receiver, and it seems like teams view Kendall Wright as a slot-only receiver, even though I think he would be like a perfect, like, flanker or, like, Z receiver. And it just seems like they don't they don't give him the chance. Yeah, you know, I remember watching him at Baylor. He would beat defenses deep. He could get behind the defense, and we haven't even seen him get those opportunities so far in the in the NFL. He's a free agent though, and I'm sure that the Bears, who have gotten so little production out of their wide receivers, can justify to their owner when they go to the McCaskies. You know, hey, we're g- we want to give j- this receiver a big contract. This guy has a ton of production. What we need is production at the wide receiver position. I'm not saying that this is like a good argument. I'm sure. saying that this is a, an argument that could probably work. And then the McCaskies are like, all right, we, you know, we need production for our, our quarterback, Mitchell Trubisky, who we're, we're investing heavily on. And he might need a security blanket too, as we're talking about like a quarterback who, who just needs to feel successful in his role, that Landry might be that solution for a guy like Trubisky where you say, okay, well, this isn't the most healthy thing for Trubisky just to develop, but if he never gets off the runway, it's going to be, you know, that's way, way worse. All right, let's wrap what, what up. What they should do, man, is use, is sign Jarvis Landry, use him as slot receiver, Move him and Kendall Wright in and out, in and outside. You know, both these guys can theoretically play flanker, flanker, and use Cameron Meredith as their ex receiver, um, and then use Adam Shaheen at tight end. I mean, I think Adam Shaheen flashed a little bit to me, yeah, as a rookie. Know. They they've got the makings, you know, potentially of a decent pass catcher core. I think that they can't operate though as if Kevin White is even a part of the roster at this point. 
What a waste. Womp womp. <laughs> I mean, it's a waste Harriman. of a draft pick, and then all that all that dynasty capital spent drafting him at the remember let's throw back to to remembering when there was when hot take dynasty Twitter was talking about taking Kevin White with the 101 in Dynasty. Womp Well yeah, but then we're doing it again. Kevin White 2.0, Calvin Ridley. And guess what? Guess who's getting mocked to the Bears a lot? Calvin Ridley. So, <laughs> so guess who Dan won't be drafting at all? Calvin Ridley. <laughs> Alrighty, that's enough serious talk for today's nice Treecast. Lots of knowledge dropped on us by our good guest, Mr. Evan Silva. But he's going to join us for a fun game of Dynasty Trade Tender. For those that are a bit newer to the show, basically this is a game of this or that from a trade perspective. We will present one side, which will be us, and the next side will be what pops up on our Tinder screen. And if we want the the, the second side, we will swipe right. And if we think, <laughs> nope, we're good with what we got, we will swipe left. Going so, home alone. So yes. our first Dynasty Trade Tinder of the day, you are Jimmy Garoppolo. Wow, it feels good to be as, as sexy as Jimmy That's Garoppolo. That's a good-looking man, yeah. Beautiful. There we go. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, Jordan Howard, and Alshon Jeffrey. And on pops to your screen, Kirk Cousins, Brandon Cooks, and the 105. We'll start with Mr. Burt's laugh. Where are you leaning here? Are you swiping a right or a left? Yeah, I mean, this one seems like you can compare. Um, well, let's just start by comparing the quarterbacks. I think Jimmy G is going to light the dynasty world on fire as far as from the quarterback side of things. So I think he will have more value than Cousins going into the season. So I think Jimmy G gets the slight nod there. Not necessarily sure I agree with that. Uh, so if I'm the Jimmy G side, I like that side more. Uh, Jordan Howard and Alshon, uh, for Cooks in the 105, uh, Cooks is worth more than Alshon. The 105 is probably right where Jordan Howard is. I think I'm going to stay stand pat here and swipe left. I think I'm going to say uh uh-uh uh and uh, you know stay home with my wife and kid um, and uh, swipe it's, left. To this you, you messed it up. It's swipe right if you want the Cooks side. No, you swipe right if I want the other side. Stand pat. He wants. Yeah, Jimmy. I'm standing pat. No, no, stand pat. Oh, you want Alshon? Nathan. Oh, yeah, okay. Here, I missed that word. You're making uh, Nathan, you're making the wrong decision. Standing pat means so. In this is poker, why it took you, you so long to get a girlfriend. <laughs> you're, uh, you're, you're you're making the wrong decision. Uh, I will, I guess, insert my opinion here. I am going to swipe right very quickly here. I don't really care about the quarterbacks. They're close enough that I don't think that it really sways this trade. Um, I would much rather have Brandon Cooks than Alshon, and I'm one of the biggest Alshon believers. But in terms of 105 versus Jordan Howard, I'm still not a big believer in Jordan Howard. I think that the 105 has a much safer role coming into the season. Um, it'll likely be a running back that gets picked in the top 40 or 50 of the NFL draft rather than be a fifth-round NFL draft pick, which what Howard is. Granted, he's shown something on the field, but yeah, I just still... A, he's just a fifth-round pick who's actually done something. That's perfect, yeah. Yeah, um, but Evan, um, what are your takes on, on these guys? Uh, which side would you prefer? I forgot Nathan Powell is, you know, all draft capital. That's all that matters. <laughs> yes. Powell has getting through your skull. That's all that matters. <laughs> Hated Arian Foster every year. Damn it. Damn it. Oh, man. <laughs> hey, hey, that, that was a tough really decade. Not. That was a tough decade. Yeah. Oh my God. Another um, one's coming for Nathan, by the way, there, Evan. It's, he's continuing oh, to yeah. load up with Dynasty. He's always playing for two years ahead of time. <laughs> Derek Rogers is coming back this year, man. Um, all right. So, you know, I, I actually, I definitely side with Nathan here. Um, I think that cousins versus Jimmy G is just too close to call right now. I, 
I do love Dynasty Trade's take on Jimmy G, though, that he's going to light it on fire. I, I love that. Um, Twitter is going to freak out, by the yeah. way. This like, with all this money, it's just going to – But I still have this them. tunnel vision for Cousins in Minnesota throwing, like, 40 touchdown passes, okay? <laughs> so I think that they're close enough that it they almost cancel each other out. Definitely Cooks over Alshon, although I, I, I definitely uh, am an, an Alshon believer – uh, but I would still definitely take Cooks over him. And then 1.05 versus Jordan Howard. I think that the arrow is down on Jordan Howard. I think that we will see a lot more Terry Cohen. The Bears, yes, because he's a fifth-round pick, and that's all he'll ever be. <laughs> um, but uh, I think that the Bears are committed to incorporating more spread cons- concepts, hiring Mark Helfrich, uh, from Oregon as their offensive coordinator, hiring Matt Nagy, whose Chiefs last year used uh, as much uh, spread concepts and college concepts as any team in the NFL. Um, I think that we're going to see a lot more Tarek Cohen, and I think that he deserves to play a lot more, and I think that the arrow is down on Jordan Howard. Jordan Howard is definitely not valueless, but I think I would take the 1.05 over him. I think it's close. I think it's close, uh, but I think that Cooks blows away Alshon Jeffrey. Yeah, and this this is, this is trade is very even like right now, but I think the real question is where does this trade go when we're talking about it next year? And I think that's ultimately where the question belongs. All right. Well, let me tell you why everyone's wrong. <clears throat> no, There's I, only no, two sides. On, Everyone can't be wrong, Dan. You're yes. Well, you're 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 actually wrong, Eric. They're only <laughs> slightly wrong. I'm also going to swipe right, and I'm 100 on board with the quarterbacks being dead even. And um, I think Eric, maybe you mentioned the 105 and Jordan Howard were pretty close. I wouldn't give the 205 for Jordan Howard. So <laughs> that part is already way ahead. Um, but I mean, I'm actually so going to just have the, irrational hate for Howard. Oh, he's so bad. Um, I'm going to go the <laughs> other way and say that I would actually prefer Alshon to Cooks, but the 105 Jordan Howard gap is big enough for me to make that swipe right, which is probably a little bit of a hot take, but I'm, I, I really, really, really am looking forward to, and we all know how I used to feel about Carson Wentz. I'm really looking forward to a full season of Alshon and Carson on the same page working well together. You have come a long way, my friend. All right. Well, uh, if you, if you weren't paying attention to the show, we did just have Evan Silva swipe right on the show. So we can now change the title of the show to Evan Silver, Evan Silva swipes, right? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) All right. Our next one will be, this is a 0.5 PPR league, 14 team super flex, but that doesn't really matter because there's no quarterbacks involved. It's Tyreek Hill and the 304. And onto your screen, Pops, Carlos Hyde, uh, um, Tariq Cohen, and the 209. Dan, start us off. Well, this is an easy swipe left for me. I do like Hyde. I do like Cohen. But Tyreek Hill, man, he's going to be tough to beat. And and we talked about it a couple episodes ago with, you know, the Patrick Mahomes thing and whatnot. But, I mean, for me, Hill is borderline first-round dynasty startup. He's he's up there. We've seen what he can do. He's super efficient. He's he's just he kind of lit the world on fire. And going all the way back to two years ago with Nathan making that call that I refused to let him put Tyreek Hill on the episode. Nathan, again, congratulations to you. But yeah, this is an easy swipe left, even though I do like the other pieces on the other side. Yeah, this this is a case of three second round picks 
don't equal a a high first round pick. And Tyreek Hill might even be worth more than I mean, probably is worth the one on one, maybe a little bit more. Um, and that's that's where the valuation is. So th- I mean, this isn't even close to me. I think it's still Hill. And the the half point PPR does change move the needle a little bit for me, but I I, I still think it's Hill by a pretty decent margin here. So I'll swipe left as well. Yeah, he's Tyreek the freak, not Tyreek or Ty Fluke. Tyreek <laughs> the freak. You know, this is settled at this point. Um, and I'm I'm going with him, even though I would say that entering last season, I wasn't I was a believer in him in like best ball. Uh really yeah. liked him in best ball, yeah. draft him draft him as much as I could in best ball. Um didn't draft him in redraft, you know, and I thought he was a dynasty sell because I thought that he wouldn't be quite as di- quite as dynamic or as successful. He's like a great contested catch receiver. I mean, he's a true freak, man. I mean, he Tyreek Hill is a freak show. Um, I didn't think he'd be that good as a receiver. I think he'd be – I thought he'd be – he'd pay back his, um, you know, his, his draft cost, and I thought that he would give us spiked weeks, but I didn't think he'd be as consistent as he was. And um, – you know, I I don't think there's a big downgrade from Alex Smith to Patrick Mahomes from a deep ball standpoint. It may even be an upgrade, maybe a upgrade. downgrade in the short term, but a, a like a lot of room to be an upgrade in the longer term. And he's going to be, you know, he's going to be a, a wide receiver to floor guy this coming season with like top five upside. He was the wide receiver three in 2017. Crazy. Yeah, I think that some of the argument against him in the last offseason was, oh, he's never going to be the guy that gets you like 12 to 14 targets in a game and, and the likes of like a Julio or a Dez in his prime or something like that. Well, he might not be like up there, but he, as far as target perspective, he doesn't really need to. You know, if he's getting that six to eight targets a game, getting, you know, four to five catches, he's going to average, you know, 18, 19 yards a catch and be make those explosive big plays as well as be involved in the running game occasionally. So, I, I mean, I'm I'm in on Tyreek for sure right now, and he's definitely better than uh, Carlos Hyde and Tariq Cohen. And you mentioned the target thing too, and, and you know, you, you hear people give the – the you know explanation of players like oh they could take it to the house on any play Tyreek Hill is that guy he can literally take it to the house on any given play we hear that said about so many players but this is the one true example okay well I think that's going to go ahead and tie up the show here uh Evan it was fantastic to have you on the show really appreciate you taking the time out of your day uh to come on and chat with us during the off season about uh about some dynasty uh and, and restricted free agent or and well that too but and regular free agents it was awesome talking football with you guys. Uh, thanks so much for having me on the show. Uh, can't wait to listen to uh, your guys' show uh, every time that it, it pops into my, uh, my my Apple iTunes. So uh, thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. Well, it's it's truly our pleasure. Uh, thanks so much for coming on. Uh, make sure you follow Evan. That's at Evan Silva on Twitter. And then Roto World, a small football website that basically all <laughs> of us are completely addicted to. Uh, so uh, on that note, make sure you go out and leave a five-star rating and review for the podcast. Helps listeners like Evan find us on Twitter. Um, and, uh, you know, if you, you say nice things about us, you know, good karma will come your way. So uh, for Nathan, Dan, and myself, we'll go ahead and wrap this show, and we will catch up with you guys next week.
summer's slipping away, so grab hold of Amazing at California's Great America before it's too late. Buy next year's season pass and get unlimited visits this year to experience rides, shows, and attractions. That includes incredible coasters, Boomerang Bay, and an amazing Peanuts-themed kids' area. Get this special offer for as low as 11 payments of $6.50 after an initial payment. Hurry to get the best price on the most fun you can have. Buy your 2020 season pass now at cagreatamerica.com. Summer's slipping away, so grab hold of Amazing at California's Great America before it's too late. Buy next year's season pass and get unlimited visits this year to experience rides, shows, and attractions. That includes incredible coasters, Boomerang Bay, and an amazing Peanuts-themed kids' area. Get this special offer for as low as 11 payments of $6.50 after an initial payment. Hurry to get the best price on the most fun you can have. Buy your 2020 season pass now at cagreatamerica.com. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Metrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.